Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else. Even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And it's all priced at 50% to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com slash pack for free shipping and 365-day returns. This podcast is a Royfield Brown production. Find others on iTunes. All right. Yeah, I know. Folks, this is Dum Dum, the show about the reality docudrama that are centered on Ambridge in the heart of the Midlands. I'm the super secret family meeting that is Royfield Brown. And with me have the devious pensioner that is... Lucy Freeman. And the last part of Peggy's Power Play, folks, is you. Now, this week's Dum Dum is from our Matthew Stone, the man with Yay! the sax. He knows how to blow, doesn't he, our loose? <laughs> well, I don't know, but he can certainly play the saxophone. <laughs> <laughs> now, Lucy, somebody mm. else would like to send us in a dummy dum. They don't have to do it by the sax or any kind of um, 19th century in- derived. Uh, oh, for fuck's sake, that was almost quite good. <laughs> <laughs> so close, te- so close, Roy. I know my teeth just got in the way at the Fell wrong out. moment. Now, Lucy, if somebody would like to send us in a dum-de-dum, I don't have to send it in on a 19th century derived musical instrument now, do they? No. Oh, all right. Then. So how can that be done then? <laughs> if you would like to sing us a dum-de-dum, well, leave us a plot prediction, then call us on 0203-031-3105, or you can leave us a message on SpeakPipe. Uh, thank you to Pod, uh, Cosmo for his podcast roundups and for doing the Dumpty Dogs, Shambridge for her brilliant voices, Mike Hatton for his character counts, and to Derek, Lone in the Back Bedroom. Um, Derek is really enjoying watching Love Island at the moment. Um, he did audition for it, uh, but he got turned down. There was a problem with his application form. It said that uh, masturbation, flatulence, and antisocial behavior were all banned, and that's exactly what he listed in his hobbies section. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry, I just read ahead there. Sorry, okay. <laughs> my, my, hence my laugh was slightly too soon. <laughs> it's a problem of mine being too soon. Anyway, 
Now, on this week's episode, folks, we hear views from Andy, Nigel, Wellswitch, Dusty, Andrew. Oh, Andy and Andrew. Oh, right. Witherspoon, Barwick Green and Old Grey Whiskers, folks. But first, before all that good stuff, it's our loose and a week in Ambridge. Brian encouraged his youngest daughter in her very tricky presentation that appeared to involve flying robot strawberries by heckling her. Nice, Brian, you prat. (laughs) Just what she needed, a real boost from a man whose last job for an actual employer was about 100 years ago and probably involved being a gigolo in an Eastbourne ballroom, you slimy old git. Well, we spent last week listening to Manic Nokasha revving up with her plans for Bridge Farm's open fiasco. At last count, she had it being opened by the Spice Girls, with David Blaine holding his breath in the slurry pit and Jamie Oliver doing the catering. But then, mystifyingly, we never got to hear it, because we spent the whole of Open Fiasco Sunday at Brookfield, listening to David fretting about scones. Honestly, sometimes the archers remind me of using binoculars when you spend hours focusing in on some tiny little stupid bird or something. And just to the right of you, there's a rhinoceros. Only we're not in charge of the binoculars. Anyway, Brookers must have been ace as hundreds of people turned up. I don't know why. At least at Bridge Farm, there's a chance of something exciting happening, like the running of the bulls at Pamplona when Tony gets mowed down by his own livestock again. But no. We got a lecture on the sodding Canterbury Tales by Linda. What was she even doing there? She only lives 500 yards away and she spent most of the winter at Brookfield moaning about it. However, all this barn nonsense did mean some lunatic wants to hold a wedding there. Do I hear Liberty at the back raising her hand to point out she's doing a catering course and affable Ben is getting into hospitality and eventually taking over the bull from Uncle Kenton? Or am I getting ahead of myself? Yes, yes, I am. Hooty Jill went to the wrong Mm -hmm. side of the tracks Mm -hmm. Leonard's place to be clear He took her for a stroll around his dead wife's garden And she said it was like a miniature world Every plant carefully put in place Well, yes, that's what a garden is, isn't it? Is there not a garden at Brookfield? Just a big cornfield and the house plonked in the middle Then she said his kitchen was very tidy And not at all like Brooker's Which I'd always imagined as spotless when Hooty was at the helm She gave Mm. Leonard a short bit of background on Peggy and described them as like train tracks running on parallel lines, both going round the bend. Talking of insanity, (laughs) there was only a brief bit of it this week. Rory's wish for Adam and Ian's bucket list was that they played a prank on everyone by pretending, oh, I can't be bothered. But A, once again, that is not a bucket list. It's just a huge opportunity to spend the next month apologising and have everyone hate you. And B, why did Ian leave his phone at home. I bet Adam never leaves his at home. Too scared Ian will get on it and find the pictures of his (laughs) willy that Adam has sent to everyone on Polish Grinder. The highlight of the week for me was when Lillian got pig shit on her espadrilles. I don't know why every middle-class family in the Archers behaves like a load of squabbling children who don't get enough attention from mummy and daddy. It's not like they were plonked in front of a Nintendo at six months old. They lived a healthy outdoor life. None were sent away to school except the Aldridges, and that was probably a sort of posh borstal. All their parents worked from home. They didn't have serial nannies or anything. So why, whenever there are two of them in the same room, do they behave like red-faced stamping toddlers? That's it. Our mother doesn't love me anymore. You're the favourite. If I'm doing that when I'm 70, you all, all of you, have permission to shoot me. Having said that, one can see that Peggy may have been something of a manipulative mother. See Mm. exhibit one. Let me tell you a story. 
Peggy the Puppet Master was bored. <laughs> everyone, had, everyone had driven her everywhere she wanted to go. Both her husbands were dead and she wasn't getting enough attention. She was sitting watching her favourite TV channel, Nazi Plus. They were going to call it Nazi Gold, <laughs> but had to cancel that as people kept expecting it to be documentaries about Switzerland and decided to stir up some trouble. But what could she do? She'd already fired her cleaning lady at short notice and driven her family into a life of crime. She'd trained her cat to kill on sight. <laughs> She'd heartily welcomed a total psychopath into the family and driven her grandson's new wife back to Wales. So she decided to have a special secret meeting. She would invite some people and not others because she knew that her family was a sort of melodramatic drama llamas, drama farmers, that would immediately speculate... <laughs> and drive themselves into a frenzy of anguish because they would think the meeting was all about money. Because it was all about money. Because that's the only power she has. She said Lillian couldn't come. Lillian came anyway. Jennifer said she wasn't coming because everyone was a big poo head. And then she came anyway. <laughs> Ruth said she didn't want to come because she wanted to watch Love Island. And David said, I'll go, as you never know, there might be food. Tony and Pat both went, <laughs> as Pat wanted to make sure Tony crossed the road safely. <laughs> they arrived in Peggy's sitting room where a mirrored stage had been set up for a TED talk. Peggy appeared wearing a headset, a trouser suit with the sleeves rolled up and media glasses. She gave a brief talk on the environment, given in the tones of a WI speaker talking to people for whom English was not their first language and told them they had to save the world for half a million quid. Peggy's like Iron Man in polyester. Oh, Peggy, please don't make your dependence dance for money. It's not nice. It's not kind. And it's not going to end well. It's nothing to do with a bleeding environment. It's about you having to get shot of the stuff before you get clobbered for tax. But in a way, that makes you feel good, while actually just seeing which one of your relatives will suck up to you the most. If you're doing it just to get more lifts everywhere, Peggy, get an Uber account and leave your relations alone. This made me so furious that actually I started laughing. It was June Spencer's <laughs> birthday last week, and that whole setup, the secrecy, the stubbornness, the power game was testament to the adroit skill with which June has created this infuriating, manipulative, maddening, tough old boot. Long may she reign. The end. Oh, well done. Yeah, you know what, right? You keep on not only bringing the gags and the humour, but then expert analysis, right? There is no role in this podcast for me. I'm pretty much redundant. <laughs> anyway, I am the appendix, you know, in all meanings of the word to you when it comes to this podcast, Lucy. But like, come on, just bring the jokes, right? And at least leave me with something. All right. Okay. Sorry, Wilfred. All right. So can right, we so you pretend agree? Did, like did you agree with three what lines? I said? Well, no. Yes and no. Yes okay. and no. Uh, more yes than no. But I'm wondering, right, because... The whole thing was just a bit bonkers mm. with this is half a million quid. Let's have a, you know, this family competition mm. that I wonder if this, whether the script writers um, haven't basically said, look, June, you've been in this from episode one. We need to mark your birthday. What do you want your legacy to be? Yeah. And, and they said, and, and she's come up with it and they've gone, oh, fuck. Right, okay. Well, that, <laughs> She's we can't say the, no to her. <laughs> one of the tweets of the week says exactly the opposite, which made me laugh my head off, but you'll, we'll get to that later. Well, I suspect I, this has got more to do with the British press office, the, the, the Archer's press office, than anything else. 
I sense I sense a massive press release that has gone out about sustainable farming. They've mm. been told to hoik it in somehow, get the old wrench out, and um, that's what they've done. But we had the Aldridge uh, Millennial Wood, didn't we? Mm-hmm. Right. Now, very obviously, she's not going to be around forever. She's going to, like, at some point, right? Yeah. So with that in mind, why didn't they do something like that where she basically says, look, right, I'm going to spend a shed load of your inheritance and, and, and I'm, I'm, telling, I'm getting you all here and it's going to be the Peggy Woolley Memorial whatever, dot pond, whatever, right? Yeah. So then for time immemorial, she'll get mentioned after she's gone. Yeah. Oh, I'm just going to the Peggy Memorial dot pond. Oh, okay, she'll smashing. Still... <laughs> Not the pond then. The people wouldn't just say the pond. Um, but she will also be mentioned for time immemorial by doing this because she will sow such massive seeds of discontent that they'll all be talking no, about it, it in three it, decades' time. No, and they'll be saying, if my... only Grand hadn't left him that money, blah, blah, blah. I I don't know. Maybe I'm just too kumbaya, right? But I just think that ultimately this will fade and dissipate. And I, what I didn't get from last week, and admittedly I haven't listened to it again, it was a big fault of mine, right? I should have listened to that episode again. Right, so how long is this competition running? Right. When do they need to come up with the scheme by? Can't remember. I didn't hear that bit. I was too busy going, what? At the radio. <laughs> <laughs> really, I think, we should pause this, I think we should both pause this podcast, Lucy, and go <laughs> listen to the show so we know what the hell we're talking about. I know we talk off the top of our heads at the best of times, but this is like, pretty important stuff right now. But the sense that I got, and there's people just like tutting into the, you know, tutting whilst they're listening to this podcast now, is that it's um, they've got to do this scheme she forward slash to some other geezer bloke is going to pontificate on it and then throw them she the said cash. she's going to get together a, t- <laughs> a panel of sustainability mm-hmm. experts because right. a hundred year old pensioner on her own in the village with no internet access she can do that sort of thing loose, uh, really loose. easily she's 92 she's 90 in the show she's 92 get oh yes yeah, sorry right. i forgot okay yes. right okay so but but then when they've done it They've done it, haven't they? And she awards the cash. Yeah. Hmm. But it's sustainable. So obviously the idea is it will... It's all a crocker nonsense. And it, and it's <laughs> so weird. It's so weird that I go back to the point that I made at the start that I think Kerry and his pals have trotted along to, to June and said, look, you are the archers. Right, you're a hundred. The two things, you know, it's like a solar eclipse and a lunar eclipse, and the planets all aligning all at once. Right, her being a hundred and still being an active member of the show. So they said, "Knock yourself out. How can we memorialize you? How can we set something?" And 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 they said, "Hit us with it." And she went, "This is the idea." (laughs) And I'm sure they've all looked at each other and gone, are you quite sure <laughs> this is what you want to do? And you go, mm-hmm. Right? And I, gone, honestly, I think you're completely wrong. Well, it's just crap then, isn't it? It's utterly crap. <laughs> and, 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 right, the whole setup with the secrecy 
it's like, I know it's a drama, Lucy. I really do know that it is. And that they have to have um, a bit of suspense and leave things dangling. But this was such a monumental mm. letdown. Mm. Considering the old, the, the lovely old boot is 100. Yeah. It wasn't... A, what what we wanted as listeners was to go at the end when we hear da, 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 just have a smile on our faces and go oh that's lovely yeah it 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 strikes me as lowest common denominator soapy tropey nonsense families fighting against each other blah 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 and and I've always been a bit of a Peggy fan and I'm not you know and I know that you're not and most people aren't. Nothing to do with the actor, just talking about the character yeah, completely. Yeah. That, you know, she, you know, you say she's the Daily Mail incarnate and, you know, she's Hitler's, uh, one of Hitler's uh, first girlfriends and all this kind of stuff, right? <laughs> I never I, said that. You said I that. I know, I know, I know. I'm just over egging <laughs> the pudding. But I don't, I think, considering what she's been through with her, and, and she mentioned it on, on Friday's episode with her alcoholic husband and, and her having to really run the pub and to bring up the kids. Good luck to her that she's sat on a pile of cash now. Mm, yeah. And and she is and she isn't a bad matriarch. She's taken in Kate when everybody else says, nah, sling your rock, I can't deal with you. Yeah. No, no, give her a due. Give her a due, right? What we wanted from that episode was, and I know we talked about this before many, many, many moons ago. One of my favorite episodes of EastEnders was Dot and Ethel. Just yeah. talking about the war, and it's raining outside. And there were these two lovely old bints sat down saying, Oh, do you remember first coming to Wolford? Oh, I remember when the Luftwaffe, da 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 da. And yeah. it was just, and, you, and every like two minutes, you're going, Well, they're going to cut the scene now. You're going to cut the scene yeah. now. 15 minutes in, you're going, Holy crap, they've gone balls out with this of the script writers. Well done, right? It was beautiful, it was utterly beautiful. That's what we needed. We didn't need none of this, excuse the French, fucking nonsense. Setting up competitions, putting families against each other, burning, well, it's not burning half a million quid if it's for sustainability and stuff. But she talked about Henry, and that was actually quite nice. Here was somebody looking at the, you know, the fourth generation, the third generation from her, and their view of the world. And that was lovely. And she could have talked about Henry. She could have talked about Jack. She could have talked about Johnny. Mentioned everybody who's a scion of hers. And how, um, and her time in Ambridge. And it actually mm. would have been really timely just to talk and to say, I'll call you all here because I just want to, I want to see my whole family. And even my family, which aren't directly uh, related to me, saying to David was there and Ruth. And I just want to tell you about my time in Ambridge. And, you know, if they'd have done that correctly, Lucy, not a dry yeah. eye in the house. You yeah. know, we would have gone mm, at the end and just like, oh, that was beautiful. They wasted it. All right. And I don't often have a go at the script writers in terms of um, direction, other than Rob and Helen. And, you know, we all have our views on that. I think they do a very, very, very good job. Otherwise, I wouldn't be listening. But considering this lovely old woman has been trotted out onto BBC Radio 4, you know, had a little bit of media, as she should have had, 
right? This episode should have just been about her talking about the last 50, 60 years in Ambridge, going through Peggy's greatest hits. Yeah. You know, and made us all tear up. Lazy, lazy, lazy writing. I'm saying it. (laughs) (laughs) That's you off their Christmas card list, isn't it? You know, I'm not on it. Royfield Brown that just said that. Mr. Royfield Brown. Well, screw them. Right, it's launching in their rival archers podcast. You know, <laughs> you know, it has. You know what? Them launching their rival podcast is akin to, um, like the polarization of politics now. That all of a sudden you get in, like in America, you have Trump. So the Democratic Party has to go even more left and whatever. They are right. forcing us to be more polemic. Right. Are they? By the very fact they are, they are, they okay. are. Right. Because you know, right, that we are we're reasonable people, right? And I'm more reasonable than you normally. But even <laughs> I have my moments, right? But I like, just spat my drink over the keyboard. Right. Not the one that's just told them they're a bunch of lazy. The writers are a bunch. It of was lazy, lazy writing. It was lazy <laughs> writing. Loose. All we needed was that woman just talking for twelve minutes. Yeah about her time in Ambridge. And for all of the newer listeners that haven't been in since episode one, which just about everybody, right? We're going, oh, I didn't know that that happened. Oh, that really, that happened? Blah, blah, blah. She could have said, oh, Jennifer, you know, when you said that you were pregnant, your father, Jack, and blah, 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 and I had to talk him down, and he wanted, you know, oh, this guy, he could have just gone through the whole effing lot. Anyway, but anyway, going back onto my um, secondary point is that, there might have to be a mood change in 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 the podcast. I don't know. When are, are, we going, are we going to be the Are we going to be the paramilitary wing now? Well, this is it. We always we always kind of said that we were, but we always were too nice. We were. Uh, we are. You know. We were nice. Yeah, Archer's we were. podcast. All... They were. I'll look it up. Mm-hmm. You know, because we like tea and cake. Yeah, and you know we don't. We like wanna... test match special with swearing. That's what we are. There you go. We, we don't necessarily want to wear army flat jackets and get parachuted in to uh, to BBC, uh, to, to the BBC in, at, uh, in Birmingham and kick hell out of people. But that's what we're going to have to start doing on behalf of our listeners, because I'm presuming that their podcast with Graham Seed is going to be very, very nice. And they're going to have actors galore on it 24-7. Yeah. So what does that force us to be? Exactly. More edgy. More edgy. Okay, and I'm just then. giving you a taste, folks. I'm telling you, lazy script writing. <laughs> well, they haven't. They haven't. Um, uh, oh, this summer, it just says the best best crack on, eh? Well, how much more summer you got left in England? Two well, and a half weeks. It hasn't started yet. Oh, dear. Be Christmas soon. <laughs> done your cards. Hmm. <laughs> <laughs> It's like, uh, yeah, right. Anyway, you know what? I need to uh, read you a quick thing because it won't fit in anywhere else, but it's interesting. Okay. Can I do that? Yes, please. Okay. This is from a lady called Bex Key, mm-hmm. um, who said that uh, she grew up close to um, uh, Inkbarrow, the village that people have always said. Yep. Is the real Ambridge, yep. Mm. She says, she read this in her local magazine, Rippingale near Bourne, 
my cousin lives in Bourne, is mooted to be the inspiration of The Archers, the world's longest running radio soap opera. While the BBC nominated Inkbarrow as The Archers' fictional base for promotional purposes, Rippingale resident Jim Latham is convinced his village was the inspiration for fictional Ambridge. He's also confident, after extensive research, that the character of Dan Archer was modelled on Henry Burt of nearby Dowlesby Hall. Mm-hmm. It's the fact that in 1946, radio producer Geoffrey Baisley visited the village to interview Bert for radio programme Farm Visit. It's also true that two years later, the BBC organised a national conference to discuss how to get more farmers listening to radio, where Bert suggested that what was needed was farming's answer to Dick Barton's special agent. Baisley did follow up the conference and another visit to Bert and his farm, which Mr Latham believes was the catalyst for his creating the iconic Radio 4 programme. Rippingale's Bull Inn continues the Archer's theme with memorabilia at every turn and regular visits from fans. So I mm. think that's where we need to go next, Dumpty Dum people. Oh. Mm. That was an interesting tidbit. Yes. Well done, Lucy. Normally it's me that brings the interesting tidbits to this, isn't it? Yes. But well, now you've I'd decided to even like rip that away from me as well. So <laughs> it's not all about you, Roy Field, for it, crying out loud. That's not the whole point, Lucy. I, not every that's decision Lucy. I make is designed to antagonize you. Just to marginalise me. No. Mm. Uh, Mr. Appendix, that's me. On that <laughs> point, <laughs> why don't we have a bit of this? Hello, Ambridge 3962. Now, guess what, Luce? What? We've got a first-time caller in Her name's Maddie. Hello there, Dumpty Dummers everywhere. This is uh, Maddie from Ottawa calling. I'm a first-time caller in Ura. have been listening to Dumpty Dum for about uh, just over a year now. I'm really pleased to, to discover it because I now live in Ottawa but used to live in France and the UK before and used to be a senior lecturer at a business school in France. But now the most important thing is my Archer's Vintage I started listening in 1981 when I, when I went to university in the UK. According to the website, this is when Brenda Tucker and Tom Archer were born. Well, that's not a great choice. Um, Brenda's <laughs> gone and Tom is a pain. The other storyline was um, Eddie marrying Clary. So I'm happy to be a Clary. Thank you very much. And I have a major claim to fame. I've actually worked with Annabelle Dowler in London in the early 90s. And I can say that she's not just a talented actor, but also a really nice person and a great colleague. We had fun together. Annabelle, you rock, for sure. She's totally fab. Then on the comments uh, for the... The Archers, a moment I forgot what I was calling about. It's just... Um, <laughs> Matt Corner. <laughs> take Poppy away from Will already, as they would say, in North America. It's about time. Mm. Secondly, isn't it ironic that Adam, just as he starts bonding with the baby, it takes a dip in a polluted river and is probably going to be too ill to care for the new arrival in any case, if he survives at all. Um, Both of them might be ill, in fact. Um, Nasty, nasty stuff that um, Eddie got into. Oh, sorry, Ed got into. Anyway, thanks very much for the podcast. Oh, all right. We didn't hear any Will this week, did we? Mm. We had a blessed respite from the moaning old git. You're right. You're right. You're right. There was a lot of setup there, Maddie. 
Um, it was uh, it was all all killer and no filler, as they say. But it was a lot of it, a lot of killer. So you ran out of uh, time and gas right at the end. So what? Well, so what did Maddie talk about other than the fact that she's from uh, from Ottawa? And that she thinks that Annabelle's will, awesome. Yeah, and that she thinks that uh, Poppy will be taken off Will, mm. uh, and she would rather it was sooner rather than later. See, mm. this is another Rob storyline because I used to hate hearing Rob and Helen. But it was worse when I didn't hear them because I was worried about what they were doing, what was happening when, when we couldn't hear them. And now mm. I'm worrying about what the hell's been happening to poor old Parpy for the last week. Mm. Slightly in this storyline, I didn't mention this, not last week, the week before, was the whole, um, on the one hand, the Robin Helen thing played out in real time. Like it took years for that to mm. uh, get to its uh, get to its end. And I've got a sneaky feeling that with this, it's going to similarly play out kind of in real time and not in in mm, docudrama time. time. Mm. Yeah, exactly. And this could be totally excruciating for us. And Yokel Bear makes the point later on in the show and that we run the risk here, uh, well, Yoko Bear makes a point later on in the show, which is what Fiona made at the very end of last week's show. Um, and I'll just say that. And people who um, remember Fiona's uh, call right at the end of the show will kind of have a note. So I don't want to take away uh, Yoko Bear's thunder. But we we kind of, there's a lot of balls up in the air all the time. Anyway, uh, can we move on from Maddie? And shall we have another call, Arlouse? Yes. Are you sure? That yes, yes didn't sound particularly no, yes. self-assured. R- really, really. Okay. Now it's Master Miles. Master Miles. Okay. Oh, Master no. Miles, not Niles. Master Miles. Hello, Lucy Royfield and all Dumpty Dummers. It's Master Miles calling from a beautiful day in upstate New York, where I've just listened to Friday's episode. And who boy. I thought I was going to talk to you about Jimmis and his nonsense, but there's greater nonsense to attend to. All week I've been thinking this family meeting that Peggy is holding is going to be some kind of tribute to June Spencer, who just turned 100 years old, and good for her. She's the last performer who was in the very first episode of The Archers, and I think that's worth celebrating. And maybe that's what they intended, but come on. What they've given us instead as her grand scheme, is it another redistribution of her will? No. Is it the revelation that Auntie Christie has cleaned out her savings? No, it's not that either. Instead, it's the flower and produce show on a mega scale. (laughs) We're going to put up with who knows how many months of Adam whining about hydroponics, of Tom whining about agroforestry, of... David and Ruth trying to come up with something green to do with their land. I, I cannot believe they're doing another competition. Uh, I thought maybe Peggy would retire to London. I thought maybe Peggy was having an affair with the man in the black four by four. Who knows? It could have been any number of things. And instead we get family pitted against family in another misguided attempt to do social relevance. I think addressing sustainability in farming is a vital issue, and they should definitely be doing it on the archers. They should not turn it into 
the next flower and produce show. I, I'm just, I'm livid about this. I would rather listen to Jim whine about deep, dark secrets from his past, but maybe next week. That's all for now. Bye. <laughs> well, I've I got nothing more to add because no, I, I, I think shot we're going to get quite before. a few of those. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. But well done, Master Mars, which uh, does remind me that there's going to be a tiny, weeny, whiny um, little meetup in New York at um the norwood club on friday june the 28th oh lucy mm. and um yeah so if you uh can get yourself over to nyc um friday in approximately two weeks time just less than two weeks time um why don't you come and join uh myself with a spoon uh, et al uh for a little dumpty dum meetup and um, I'm really looking forward to it because I'm going to be in New York for about three, four days. Mm, so so definitely. come along. Come along. Guess where I'm going afterwards, Luce? Uh Birmingham. Croatia. I'm going to oh, Dubrovnik. Uh, yes, you're going on holiday, aren't you? Yes, I'm going to Dubrovnik and I'm going to go to Sarajevo. And I'm so looking forward to both of those because Dubrovnik mm. is uh, Game of Thrones, King's Landing. Mm-hmm. And... Um, I've always wanted to go to Dalmatia. I've been to Croatia before, went to Istria, but never to Dalmatia. And then going to take a bus and go to Sarajevo. And I've Lovely. always wanted to go to Sarajevo. So yeah. awesome, awesome, awesome. Right now, so that is um, our Master Miles. Uh, shall we have a touch of the Witherspoons now? Why not? Hey, baby, I hear the blues are calling. Toss salads and scrambled eggs. Mercy. Greetings, Lucy Royfeld, Yoko Bear, and all Dumpty Dummers around the world. It's Witherspoon and Angus Haggis here. First, I'd like to give a shout-out to Royfield for Ooh. last week's recommendation of Always Be My Maybe. It was a very enjoyable film, and this gay man shed a few tears at the end, and I'm not mm. ashamed to say that. As <laughs> joyful as Always Be My Maybe was... The Archers this week was as grumpy. Uh-huh. Jim's mysterious, irritable avoidance of everyone was actually topped by Alistair, Jennifer, Lillian, and Tony's baby boomer whining about their upbringing and shortcomings of their parents. As a baby boomer myself, I can spot that generation's brand of self-indulgence anywhere. Let's take Alistair. At no point did he stop and ask, Dad, what really was bothering you at the party and is still upsetting you now? He just went through a litany of assumptions and complaints. Then the Archer siblings' shots at their mother and at each other were bordering on the just plain silly. Tony was especially grating, and I expect will continue to be so. But wait, the week ended with more head-scratching. Peggy and the wonderful June Spencer, who plays her, show no signs of any cognitive decline. So why did Peggy create a competitive scenario, which as a result will have her children and nephew feuding with each other for the rest of their lives? Wouldn't her financial advisor have given her some decent advice about this? I know writers have to create conflict between characters, but this is stretching credulity to its breaking point. And again, Tony is going to be so painful to listen to through all this. I'll finish up with a reminder to anyone who wants to travel to New York on June 28th for a Dumpty Dum meetup, to attend Royfield's conference on podcasts, and to attend what will be a fabulous Gay Pride Sunday. Please get in touch with me. Talk to you soon. I needn't have said what I said before that call. No. Everybody just scratched the fact that I've said that 
and uh, just uh, go. You could edit it out out. and then nobody would know you'd said it in the first place. Yeah, but then again, people then would say, but I really like the ramsackle nature of this podcast. Mm. So, or do they really like it or do they just say that they like it? Well, they keep listening. They do in increasing numbers. So uh, let's leave it in. So you've got okay. that <laughs> twice and you've gone, oh, God, they really should like plan this stuff out. So, that is the uh, campest weekend I can imagine. A Dumpty Dum meetup followed by Cape Pride in New York. <laughs> There'll be lots of fun. Lots of fun indeed. <laughs> Will be fun. I'm very jealous. Mm. Uh, have you watched Always Be My Maybe? No. Okay. Uh, typical of you. Uh, I recommend something. You don't bother to do what I've said. Now, so um, what else have we been talking about? Tony being a misery, um, yes. And that's Alistair be- not asking is a good point. Alistair never said to Jim, but I think the bits we heard were after Jim had been sulking. Well, he sodded off, didn't he, for a good three days after the party. Mm. And they kept texting him and saying, what's the matter? What happened? What's wrong? And he wouldn't answer. Do you know, do you know what Twitter thinks? Twitter thinks that Jim uh, Jimus is not Alistair's real father, and Alistair's yeah. real father was there. I think so too. Do you? Yeah, I think so too. It's the guy in the wheelchair, and mm. he and and they're both aware, and so hence Jim was like, "Why is he there?" Like because because like he knows, and because there was this slight lionization of um Alice's mother wasn't there Jim, mm. Jim's wife and, mm-hmm. and and then Jim says but I loved mm. her too or, or whatever mm. no Alistair did because Jim was talking mm. about he lost his wife and Alice would say mm. I love you know I lost mm. my mother it's mm. the mom and she had an affair with the dude oh. in the wheelchair and as is that way in those kind of academic circles they came to an understanding and arrangement right And that is the reason why Jim has never been particularly close to either of his two of his two children, because he's biologically not actually their father. You think he's not father of either of them? Nope. It was nicer to um, nicer to what? What's the what's the sister called again? Yeah, it was nice to Fiona, but she said, "Mm, you know, yeah, "Mm, dad was dad wasn't really there. But yeah, that's it. I'm calling it, and I will be spectacularly wrong, but that's what I'm saying. Okay. Mm-hmm. Oh, we have another uh, um, uh, plot, uh, plot prediction here All from right. the lovely Ben, mm-hmm. uh, Ben Johnson, who mm-hmm. says, I have a plump little plot prediction for you. I reckon Chris Carter is going to have more ongoing pains in his balls, which force him to seek <laughs> medical advice. Let's, uh, let's hope it's from a doctor and not Jacob, where he'll learn that he has testicular cancer requiring surgery. Let's look on the bright side, Ben, why don't you? He and Alice will need to have conversations about sperm freezing and discuss his options for having children in the future using some method of assisted fertility or robot fertility if Alice can invent it in time. <laughs> if this all does come to pass, which virtually no dum-to-dum plot predictions ever do, then I would like our very own Robart to make a, uh, The Archer's guest appearance as the Doctor and bring to the world of Radio 4 his unique and beautiful pronunciation of the word bollocks. Keep up the good work. <laughs> Hearing your weekly podcasts really help this expat to feel a little less lonely, Ben. Oh. Mm. Hey, Luce, talking of bollocks, right? Yes. I'm not going to want to hear this, am I? No, Does it involve you pictures? You're not going to no, send me a picture? No, no. Okay. Well, it, it involves TV. Right. HBO Go. 
Lorena, yes. as in Bobbit. Uh, oh, it, it, yes. It, it's, it, it, there's snippy, a documentary. Snippy. Yeah. Mm. Yeah, there's a documentary about her and uh, that infamous um, incident where yes. she uh, snipped off her husband, John Wayne's cock. Yes. So, yes. It's on he's HBO now a porn Go. star, bizarrely. I don't understand Well, that, anyway. I don't think he still is. But I did, oh, okay. did, he did definitely have his um, his moment uh, to rise right. in that industry, right. and and I think um, rising was, would have been a problem, surely. But anyway, well, th- yes. I think that was one of the issues that there wasn't uh, much there, yes. not a lot to go on. No. Yeah, and mm. some of the use of the member had been curtailed by the snippage. So right. yeah, however, he, he made some corn that out of it. Blimey. <laughs> <laughs> But oh, I, oh. I watched I watched some of it yesterday. Yeah, the old creme afterwards. Yes, sorry. Mm. Oh, no, I watched it yesterday, and mm. um, it's it's a multi part thing. But I only watched the one part. But right. you know what? Even twenty five, <laughs> <laughs> it was a multi part thing, wasn't was it? it? Heavily edited. <laughs> it's cut very short. Yeah. <laughs> but it it is amazing that like twenty five years later on, the people that are interviewed are still sniggering about it. Like, like the surgeon's got a big we're grin on his face. We're still sniggering about it for crying out loud. <laughs> but we're not professionals. We're not no. neurosurgeons. The neurosurgeon no. was like, "Well, I've never sewn on a cock before. That's been cut in half." <laughs> but like, I thought I'll give it a go. Titter titter. <laughs> <laughs> but just to, purely as an aside, purely as an aside, um, you see. So they cut to him, mm. uh, John Wayne Bobbitt now, and him then. Dude was handsome back in the day, and he was an ex-marine, and he was all American hero physically yeah. and stuff. Right? Yeah. You look at him now, and you're like, "Oh, the last twenty-five years have not been kind to you, sir." Right? Oh, dear. And then you cut to Lorena; she's rocking it, and right. also financially, she's obviously doing quite well. Her place was mm. very nice indeed. Whereas this man was in, you know, somewhere two steps up from a trailer park. Right. Right. So their paths have definitely diverged somewhat. Uh, but, I, 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 you know, if you, one of the funny things was as well, they take you back to the early 90s and it's like, well, broadcasters couldn't say penis. Yeah. Neurosurgeons did not use the word penis. They'll use any other word while talking to a patient about, you know, Anything to do with down there. Let's have a little look at your winky woo-woo. Yes. <laughs> well, the, <laughs> well, the one the one surgeon even says, he says, well, I didn't call it a dilly-dong, but I can't remember what we used to say. But like, we just because otherwise everyone would have gone, oh, what? Everyone would know what part of body was on about. But he was like, well, they're on like ABC News. Like, well, what are we going to say that she's cut, cut, you know, cut off? His member, his appendage. It was just like everything. Well, even the word penis just could Thingy not bar. be used. And and actually, the cutting off of his uh, of his uh, uh, appendage brought the word penis into mainstream America. Ah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. This is, it's fascinating, fascinating. Anyway, Lorraine, can I go just can I, as you've as you've digressed onto willy cutters? Can I just um, <laughs> digress very briefly? My, I can't remember if, I, if I've told you this before. Then tell me to shut up. But mm. my friend Jane's two little boys were in the bath. They're three and five, mm-hmm. and uh, the five year old said, um, I've got a willy. And the little one said, yes, I've got a willy and you've got a willy and dad's got a willy and mummy's got a willy. And the older one said, no, no, mummy's got a vagina. And the little one said, has she? What's that? And the bigger one looked a bit thoughtful and said, 
I'm not really sure, but I know they're really, really expensive. (laughs) (laughs) And and, uh, every man I've told that to has gone, they're not wrong. They are really, really expensive. (laughs) Anyway, that's enough. Well done, Freeman. Well done, Freeman. Right, so then we're done with a spoon and always be my maybe and uh oh Chris Carp no, you, you did your you did your email. Yeah. I think that is an astute uh plot prediction. Chris that, Carter's testicles. Yeah. Because okay. you know Well everything Alice else is a load and, of bollocks, so we might as well add hey, this into the mix, I suppose. Bum, bum, bum. <laughs> and so yeah, I think that's a good one. Who was it who sent that in on the emails there, Lucy? Ben Johnson. Well done, Ben Johnson. Hey, well done. (laughs) 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 Well done, sir. (laughs) Now it's time for Dusty. Hello, it's Dusty Substances here, the wrong sort of listener. Um, First of all, just to preface what I'm going to say with my admiration for June Spencer as an actor and uh, thoroughly deserved all the wonderful things that were happening to celebrate her birthday and how lovely that all was. However, um, (laughs) her meeting really, really struck me as not, not the best way to let that character mm. celebrate June's birthday because that's really what was happening. Uh, first of all, they gave her a script that made her sound like she was addressing a public meeting and was yes. all grunts and hear hears in the background. It was very much, you know, a sort of a sort of elder statesman and this is what we're going to do when I'm going to make my mark. It's going to be awfully good for the environment. Um, And it sounded really very stilted. So that was, I think, a pity. But also looking at it in the context of the uh, plot, she has got, she, she, Peggy, has got a family that need very little encouragement to be at each other's throats. Mm-hmm. So what does she do as her legacy? She creates a competition. Mm. What? You just... Yeah. It beggars belief, really, doesn't it? Uh, So it will all end up very unpleasantly. So, uh, and and possibly fittingly, Peggy's legacy will be a family that is at each other's throats. So well done all round. Anyway, love to everyone. Speak soon. Bye. It's a Pegasi, not a legacy. No, she's right. Yeah, it's what you said and it's what I said in the monologue. So, Mm -hmm. yes, we're all in agreement. Mm -hmm. Um. Mm -hmm. No one's going to talk about Leonard and Jill, are they, at this rate? I bet they. We've got loads of calls to go. Do the next one. All right, okay then. Greetings, Earthlings. Andrew Horn here. Um, Well, that's one of the strangest weeks, I think, I (laughs) for a long time, uh, maybe forever, uh, in the Archers. Um, Just very, very odd. Um, Jim was obviously triggered by the person in the the wheelchair, and we're still no further forward on that. And... um, Although I think uh, the actor is to be commended on the, the tenseness and the way he's playing it. Mm. I, I do, do, well, enjoy is the wrong word, but appreciate that. And then Peggy, um, it was a real shame that for her 100th birthday, uh, the, act, the actor's 100th birthday sort of celebration, um, we get such a clunky public sector broadcasting, um, heavy-handed, yeah. we must save the environment bit. Um, it was just... 
yeah, just not subtle, very clunky. Um, strange, I think, also that um, she's called it the you know, Ambridge Environmental Trust or whatever it's called, but yet it, the competition's only open to the Archers Farms. That that doesn't sit me as being right for Peggy. Why not call it an Archers Environmental Trust? I, that didn't work. It did, of course, explain why Lillian wasn't invited, which made sense. Um and then we end up with with Brian not learning at all from his his lessons. So he's not going to involve Kate. Now, Kate is many things apart from great entertainment. Um, but the one thing she has been passionate about for decades is the environment. So bring her in to the fold. I mean, ah, I think that's all I've got to say. <laughs> Goodbye. That was an excellent point about Kate. Yeah. Well, and Alice, who's actually in a in a position to develop innovation. Oh, she's the only one who's actually got the technology and got the, you know, the the not the facilities, but the the actual technical. Um, she's an astro nuclear physicist. Yeah, so. wedding mm-hmm. planner, and know how to to do it. <laughs> and she wasn't invited. It's just, but yeah, it, yeah. I, yeah, I think everyone's going to say the same thing, aren't they? It's, it was just, it wasn't, it wasn't a good use of the actress, and it wasn't a good use of the occasion either. Hmm. True that, true that indeed, our Lucy. Right now, uh, it's Mister Whiskers. Now he had two bites of the cherry with this, and uh, so I just picked one at random. Hello, you two. Tis old Grey Whiskers here again. Now I'm a bit wondering about this old Jimus. It is party, or not a party as it's supposed to be. Now, who did he spot what he's afraid of? Could it be an old Latin master what spotted him cheating at his O-levels? Or could it be some bird watcher what spotted him nicking eggs? Or did he previously have a girlfriend what knew more ancient Greek what he did? <laughs> anyway, all will be revealed, I'm sure. Core. This is interesting, isn't it? Bye then. <laughs> Thank Bye. you, Mr. Whiskers. Well, a lot of people were saying that it's something that reflected badly on his academic record, that he was a fraud. But now you've now you've spoken so persuasively about the old um, Alistair's not his son. I'm, mm. I'm go- heading in that direction now. Mm. It is entirely possible. And you made me think when you said, was he, he not the father of both of his children, that maybe... Because he does have a better relationship with Fiona, or at least did have one, that maybe Fiona is actually his. So you've you've put mm. that doubt in my mind now. But the very fact that Good. there's never been talk of his wife, of Alistair's mother before, but there was mm. uh, previous, says to me, yeah. mm-hmm. I smell uh, no, infidelity going back, you know, 60, mm. 60 plus years. and mm. uh, And it's all come out now. So, mm. and the other thing I'd just like to say, and I know I've been really going up on tangents all over the place. I've done Lorena Bobbitt, and you did touch on this, and this is back end of Witherspoon's call. If I've been organising a surprise party for my father, and I have a fractious relationship with that parent anyway, and then I've seen people turn up who've come the length and breadth of the country, come down from Scotland... I wouldn't actually want to hear any excuses either. I'd be utterly livid because mm. it's just utterly embarrassing. 
Yeah, you know, yeah. You, you just would. You'd be like, "What the hell?" And actually, yeah. even though, and people have said on the new Flick app, uh, which is fire, folks. It is fire, and on Twitter that um, why why was Alice so surprised that Jim didn't want a surprise party when he said, "I don't want a surprise party." He was actually up for it when he walked in through the door. You know, it was only mm. when he saw the dude in in the wheelchair, then he hightailed it out of there and stuff and went, nope, 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 and whatever. I'd be as mad as hell. I would have liked to think, though, um, two or three days afterwards, when, you know, my errant father has turned up again, that I would I would have calmed down. But I completely understand why Alice would say, you know what, I, I've just had it with you. I've utterly had it with you. Uh, you're totally self-obsessed, self-absorbed, blah, 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 blah. I was doing something for you to to mark and to recognise uh, your a milestone birthday for you. And this is not how you treat me, but everybody else in your life. Because that's what he's done. Somebody's come from Scotland yeah. to see you. I'm sorry. Unless, you know, Jim is some mass murderer. I, I you know, you know, you, you steady yourself. You know, you've seen somebody who you don't want to see. You go, oh, crumbs. You go outside. You go, ah, 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 steady yourself. You know, we're British at the end of the day, Lucy. We're all British. You steady yourself and you go back in, you put on your best game face and just deal with it. It has to be something yeah. utterly horrendous. And I, and you know, if it is that this dude in the wheelchair has fathered uh, Jim's children, inverted commas and Jim's brought them up he's had 70 years to get used to the idea you know as far as I'm concerned so whatever anyway I still like Jim Lloyd excellent character keep it up script writer you've done that right so now it's time for our Welsh Witch hi Dumpty Dum it's Welsh Witch here for anything miserable Kapili hope everybody is well um the Archers this week really hasn't done it for me it's not provided the <laughs> light relief that I was really craving um, and I think that's on, on two aspects, firstly Peggy I think you know there was the, this big big build up to a secret meeting and then it turns out that what she's got planned is just going to be a catalyst for a family argument and a big family best up a la EastEnders um, and I would have thought she would have done something that would have been quite inclusive, both of the family and the village, mm-hmm. rather than yeah. sort of try and set the family members off off against each other. And what's going to happen if Ruth or David come up with 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 an idea that wins? And are the rest of the family going to go along with that quite placidly? Um, and secondly, this stupid ongoing. Adam and Ian bucket list uh, seriously, um, but I think what really upset me this week was the fact that I had done to me what was done to I suppose Susan, um, with the exception that it went when mine went on for for a couple of weeks, which when I did find out I think was even worse. But there we go, and I didn't Aww. find it funny. So I can imagine Susan won't find it funny and grudges will be held. Um, I'm just hoping that that, that we'll, we'll get some light, light relief soon because I could certainly do with it. Anyway, um, I will love you and leave you and um, thanks for the show. Oh, dear. Mm. I just thought that was massively on... And, and apparently they do it on a... 
I think it's Michael McIntyre or something. They do it on a show there. Mm. They, they do that on that show. But I just, I've never seen anything less funny in my life. And it's not a bucket list. Mm-hmm. It's just not nothing. That's not something that you could do because you don't have children. It's just utter bollocks. Mm-hmm. I just, yeah, rubbish. I, I, rubbish, rubbish, rubbish. I think it's a ham-fisted attempt to inject some fun and levity into that most dull of couples. That's what it is. Ugh. And, yeah. and it's just fallen completely and utterly flat. Well, uh, if it was funny, it would be fine, but it's not. Mm, you know, well, if, if they're trying to get us to, um, you know, kind of uh, uh, see see a new side to Adam and Ian, there's got to be a better way of doing that because at the moment you're just making them even more annoying because every scene <laughs> they're in is just full of cringy non-humour. Mm. True, 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 true. Uh, so now it's a, a slight leap into the unknown. Don't know who this caller in or is because there's a series of numbers on the control <laughs> panel. Hi, Lucy and Royfield. Hello. Uh, and Dumpty Dummers everywhere. It's New York Nigel here. I've been swamped with work, even though I've wanted so badly to say hi and comment on the stories. Just to say how much I'm enjoying the Jill and Leonard thing. His voice is really similar to the, uh, to the voice of Phil, uh, Jill's previous husband. Mm. And in this Pride Month, you know, love is love. I don't think that love knows much about age or race or gender or actually sexual orientation, which makes it so nice when two gay people fall in love with each other, even if they're boring. Jill and Leonard <laughs> remind me of a visit my auntie Dot, my godmother, paid to New York several years ago with a new boyfriend when they were in their 70s. I wanted to know if I could give them the same bed, but neither I nor my mother, whom I commissioned with the detective work, had the courage to ask <laughs> if they were actually shagging. Um, eventually, when they arrived in New York, I said, here's the bed. And Auntie Dot said, ooh, Stan, we don't normally share a bed, do we? So, you know, go Jill, go Glenard. Yeah. Maybe they should come to New York City. And one small word about Shula's discernment to a vocation. Some of the best priests I know are women who found their vocation later in life. My own mother was one of them. I've had many an awkward conversation like the one Alan had with Shula. You know, young or old, you have to be completely honest with yourself. Otherwise, you're going to inflict your own personal problems on the community you serve. I hope (laughs) Shula is a mess. I hope Alan continues to be difficult. She couldn't be in a better place to figure out who she is, how best she can help other people. And the brightest part of the story, if she's ordained, she'll get a job as a priest well away from Ambridge. (laughs) You know what? I was just about to say, New York Nigel has been rather generous and and quite nice to our shawler. And then he just switched around. There's always a kick in the pants at the end, isn't there? (laughs) Bless him. <laughs> well done, sir. We we salute you as always. An excellent call. And here is another leap into the dark. This could be anybody. This could be Theresa May, Boris Johnson, or uh, Rory Stewart. God. Whoever knows who this is, it's just a series of numbers on the control panel. Hi, Lucy and Royfield. Hey, Denmark. Long Hello. time no speak. Uh, it's been a while you since I ring, called you, you because call. quite <laughs> the archers is going through a lull. I hey, Lucy. Yes, it's Father's Day yesterday. I didn't get a message from Andy. Now. 
no uh, storyline is getting me hooked at all. Uh, the gym thing is a bit silly. Um, I'm not emotionally invested in that. The bunting storyline was pathetic. It never, ever raised a smile for me. And this um, meeting that Peggy called about uh, the environmental um, idea for each farm, it just made me want to throw up. It was so BBC right on politically correct. Um, it was completely random. And frankly, uh, I, th- I think I've been listening to the Archers for about seven years. I can't remember ever being so bored of it as I am right now. It's dreadful, absolutely dreadful. None of the storylines seems to be mixing with each other. It's awful. Sort it out, script writers, because you're driving me a bit mental and you're ruining my eight o'clock in the morning cup of tea, biscuit, Archers podcast fun that I have enjoyed for so long. Anyway, rant over. I'll speak to you in another couple of months when something else boring happens. Bye. Bye. Yeah. Uh, Very disappointed with Andy because there was no Father's Day message, you know, from him. So uh, thanks for that, uh, son of mine. Uh, But no one's (laughs) He's done right, though. This Mm. this is a hell of a lull. It's been going on for ages, this lull. (sighs) I disagree with him, though. I am intrigued about the gym thing. I am. Because we think we know Jim Lloyd, and we've had, and, and what and I think what we always we think we know a character. We think okay, this is their fundamental personality trait, but to make them have proper depth, there's always something which kicks against that. So Linda used to be a little bit of a gossip. She was never quite on the on the Susan Susan level but she can utterly keep a secret, keep a confidence, and actually is very good at, 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 at emotional support. That's the, that's the mm-hmm. slightly contrary yeah. thing to the other thing that she is. I Jim, felt so cross with Jim when she chucked, yeah. when he chucked the stuff at her. That was yeah, mean. Yeah, yeah. It was, I don't it was like that. Utterly mean, utterly mean. Yeah. And that's what I was going to say about Jim, is that Jim is our, you know, not quite a 1930s character, but he is um, an, an intellectual, an academic. Um, he's very British, down to the slight frostiness to do with uh, the way that he's parented his two children. He's, he can be a bit spiteful. Yes, yes. And then also what he went to say to Alistair when he said, oh, is it your... What's making you miserable? Is it or what embarrassed you? Was it was it your the fact that your your wife decided she can't stand you anymore, or was it the fact that what, you, what, what, the, your gambling addiction? That was that's just what, really, that, really that's what I was that's what I was coming on to say, yeah. that, and that it's that which gives us the the three D component, the bit of your our character, which um, the bit of someone's character which isn't revealed all of the time, but that are capable of, which makes you realise that nobody is completely utterly logical and. Um, and hermetically sealed in terms of the way that we view them. There's kind of something else. They do have this capacity for vengeance or spite, et cetera, et cetera, blah, blah, blah. So I'm totally, I I disagree with Andy. I do love this storyline. It's kind of come out of nowhere. I thought it was going to be somewhat of a slightly trite pat. They toddle off to north yorkshire and walk on this on this uh, roman road which of course we were never going to go and visit them uh go with them whilst they did this but they'd come back and talk about it and it was just like you know 
drift off um, like, like vapor on a hot summer's day. They just then that sort of land would be gone. This has made me see Jim Lloyd as much more of an interesting character as to the reason why Jim is part of the way that he is. So I disagree with Andy. I, I, I'm not bored by this storyline at all. I, and I and I think it's I think it's a good one, you know. Is it? It's a twist in the road that nobody saw coming. Yeah. Hmm. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> All right. Uh, I agree. We, is that why you got quiet? Yeah, well, I, I I was I was giving the floor to you, my my co-host. I thought, yeah, no, well, Lucy's Lucy's time. All right, now, uh, Luce, uh, I take it we have no more letters, emails, smoke signals. Or any any other form of correspondence nope. from our listeners. Great. All right. Oh yes, we have, we have, we have. Sorry, one more email in the from Tiffananda, who says, uh, "Is Peggy turning into the Queen?" Listening to Peggy's last pronouncement, I was taken aback at how the writers appeared to have lifted the writing formula straight from one of the Queen's Christmas speech to the nation. No wonder Tony was pissed off. Who does she think she is? Although the altruism is something we should all aspire to, I think it's a very different matter when it comes to creating a family competition, and Peggy never quite thinks through the ramifications for family relations who are her beneficiaries. I'm referring to her previous will fiascos. Anyway, my money is on Brian. From an outside point of view, he's the least likely to succeed, but Peggy does have a soft spot for him and will no doubt give great consideration to his idea. It won't all be down to the experts. The editor will be keen to see Brian redeemed, and we need to see Jennifer and Brian back on their uppers, out of that tiny cottage and with a positive storyline. In spite of his utter selfishness and self-regard, he has age, and with age comes wisdom and experience. I'd like to see him put it to good use, and maybe he can. Mm. I think that was beautifully put, but you can make a very strong argument for any one of the respective branches of the Archers uh, clan winning. You can make a very strong argument, you know, that this is where Tom redeems himself to be a businessman and a visionary. You know, this is where Tony gets the recognition from his mum that he always wanted. It could go on and on and on. You know, you can make a very strong argument for anybody uh, winning it and saying, aha, that's what the scriptwriters, you know, had in mind all along. Anyway, right, so now it's time for us to pay some bills around here, which means... If you, if you are in the United Kingdom, you're going to hear an advert, possibly if you're in Canada, maybe if you're in America, anywhere else you probably won't. And the next voice you'll hear will be Yoko. You should celebrate yourself every day, but some days you should celebrate with jewelry. Whether you want to commemorate an unforgettable moment or just bring some added sparkle to your collection, Blue Nile can offer you expert guidance and a wide assortment of jewelry of the highest quality at the best price. Go to BlueNile.com today and experience the ease and convenience of shopping Blue Nile, the original online jeweler since 1999. That's BlueNile.com. BlueNile.com. Quality sleep is essential. That's why the Sleep Number Smart Bed is designed for your ever-evolving sleep needs. Need a bed that's firmer or softer on either side? Helps you sleep at a comfortable temperature? Sleep Number smart beds let you individualize your comfort, so you sleep better together. J.D. Power ranks Sleep Number number one in customer satisfaction with mattresses purchased in-store. And now, save 50% on the Sleep Number limited edition smart bed for a limited time. For J.D. Power 2023 award information, visit jdpower.com awards. Only at a Sleep Number store or sleepnumber.com. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. 
LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else. Even those who aren't actively searching for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Hello, Dumpty Dummers. It's Yoko Bear here calling with the social media roundup for the week. And just to warn you, this might be a bit of a controversial roundup this week, um, mm. but we'll get to that later. We started the week, though, where I said mysteries abound in Ambridge. Um, what's really going on with Jim and what is pl- what was Peggy planning for the end of the week? Now, don't get me wrong. I love a mystery. I absolutely love a mystery. When young boys, you know, my age, when we were younger, they wanted to grow up to be astronauts. I wanted to grow up to be Miss Marple. Now, on Jim, (laughs) um, Judith Clark actually said, did have an inkling of a plot prediction a couple of weeks ago. Unbeknown to Alistair and Fiona, one of the party guests may not be so welcome for Jim. Maybe something to do with his beloved wife. Um, Yeah, I think that's a smart call, actually. It's obviously something that really gets to Jim, isn't it? And I think it's, I think you're right. I think the wife is a good call. Um, also as well, Catherine Newnham said either Peggy has ousted um, uh, the gills by buying back Home Farm or she's having a torrid affair with one of Jim's mysterious party guests since last week. Oh, I'm not so sure. Could Peggy do a torrid affair? I mean, I'm I'm 53 years old and the thought of anything that's torrid just makes my knees creak and my back go out. So not sure <laughs> how Peggy would cope. Talking of love, though, um, I loved the bit this week where Jill um, came back late from Leonard's and Ben caught her. That was great. Um, And we asked, do you think that we'll be buying new hats for Jill and Leonard soon? Um, Well, Joanne Smith actually raised a good point, said, is it just me or did others find it strange that Jill and Leonard have been an item for ages now? He's basically got his own seat at the kitchen table at Brookfield. Um, but she's apparently never been to his house. Um, honestly, in all this time, they've never wanted to be alone to watch a film in peace or something um, and decided to go to his instead. Yeah, it was a bit odd, really, wasn't it? And also as well, the you can stay over, but there'll be separate bedrooms thing. Hmm, not sure Jill was impressed with that. Melissa Williams said, um, I thought the Jill and Ben scene was priceless. Um, Jill playing a good busted tipsy sneaker in her um, and Ben enjoying busting her. Yeah, that was great. Though we did have to explain a little bit. Barb Danielson said, didn't understand why a sandwich would be a crisp um, and then realised make crisps and in Canada... They're known as chips. Well, to be honest with you, Barb, um, I'll have a chip sandwich as well as a crisp sandwich. Both are equally good. Now, this is where the controversy starts. Um, I posted something this week, um, which was, I described it as a slight rant. And I said, is it just me or is this week in Ambridge all just build up? You know, we had a few good points, you know, like um, Susan with the name thing and Lillian in the pig pen. But the rest was just about Jim's big sulk and Peggy's meeting. Um, And I just felt that we just needed a bit more plot and we needed more characters this week. Um, And I also put, and we still don't know who um, stole the bunting, which I'll get to in a minute. Um, well, this kind of opened quite... We had the most amount of comments this week uh, on this particular thread. 
Um, Peter Mabbott said, why have they introduced this new character that's so nasty, vindictive and antisocial? I swear the voice is so like Jim's. Oh, it is Jim. Yeah, <laughs> I think Jim's acting really out of character. I think no matter how much this has got to him, he would say something. He's always quite rational and actually quite, um, you know, able to distance himself from his, his emotions a little bit. So this seems completely out of character. Victoria Gray said, this week has been extremely disappointing. I think as an Archers fan, we should take over the script writing. Yay! Well, no, we want the script writers. <laughs> so, sorry, Uncle Kerry, Lord Emperor Kerry, didn't really mean to say that. But maybe we can pitch in with some ideas now and again, maybe? Diana Barlow said... Um, she said, I didn't catch the name of the lady with the beautiful voice at the end of this week's podcast, which would have been last week's. Um, but she was spot yeah. on about listeners um, to a story needing some resolution yeah. of some strands of the tale in order to feel comfortable. To be constantly fed open-ended situations leads to boredom, which is what many of the listeners are unhappily feeling. Hopefully the script writers heard her comments. Andrew Disbury said... I reckon I've been listening up to 50 years and seriously at least 40 and it has never seemed so all over the place as it does at the moment. Stephen Bowden also said, We still don't know how Natasha's takeover of Open Farm Sunday at Bridge Farm turned out. All no. fur coat and no knickers, that storyline. Drew Hamilton said, This week has felt like an incipi incipient uh, sneeze that never quite comes to fruition, unsatisfying <laughs> to the point of distraction. Pete Ranson said, this whole bunting storyline is a bag of shite. Oh, don't hold back there, Pete. Tell us how you feel. Um, I'm still fuming about it, he says. Tilly button my ass. It would have been so much more satisfying if it were an animal that had found um, out and was using it as nesting bedding material. Instead, there's this ludicrous nonsense about involving an academic, a farmhand and a bunch of teenagers. Um, utter, utter tosh. And also, where is Lee? He and Helen's narrative seems to have crashed and burned. Alex Russell said, agreed. Resolve yeah. at least one of them, please. And I felt like today was just 14 minutes of bickering. Surely they could intersperse it with a small bit of normality. It stresses me out. And Amanda Glanville said, um, the script writer's annual holes, perhaps? Um, press plot auto-tune and hop on a plane. And Martin ha van der Heuvel um, said they shouldn't have bothered scripting an episode, a uh, script for this episode, just um, the continuity announcer saying, Jim, Alistair and Lillian are upset, followed by the sound of doors being slammed for 13 minutes. <laughs> now, I'm going to say something here, which is that, you know, I think the reason why we can be quite critical of the Archers sometimes is because we love it. It's a huge part yeah. of our lives and it's, Something that's been for many of us in our lives for a long time. So when things seem to be not quite as they were, then, you know, we have opinions on it and we feel strongly about it. And I've got to say, I've got, I've found the last four or five weeks on the Archers quite boring, to be honest with you. Now, I like the like the the small details of people's lives and the dialogue and stuff like that but it does seem to me that something's been missing i'm not quite sure what but i'm absolutely sure that one thing that's contributed to it is this huge amount of open-ended plots but we just don't know 
what's happening with a lot of them. I would actually much rather that we had shorter plot arcs so that maybe something resolves itself over a couple of weeks um, rather than it just kind of disappearing off somewhere and then popping up later when you least expect it. And I know the Archers, the Archers is the long game, you know, and that's the joy of having a daily thing that's been going for years and years and years. You can have these storylines that play out over years and months and sometimes even decades, but not all the time. This got to, because that's not what life is like, is it? You know, issues in real life can stretch on for years, or sometimes they resolve themselves in days. And it just doesn't feel quite like that's what The Archers is reflecting at the moment. Now, I'm just going to finish, actually, by a little bit of a mere culpa for me. Um, Terry White said, It's a bit bad when Yokobear forgets that he's been told that the buttons, <laughs> button girls are the thieves. I did. <laughs> I completely forgot that. Um, which I think just goes to show, like, the ridiculousness of the plot, really. It just didn't stay in my head. Um, so, but yeah, that's my bad. I should have known that anyway. Right. I've ranted on too long now, but, um, it's a bit different with this social media roundup because I, I just felt this needed saying, and I will say that the majority of people that posted about what's happening with the archers at the moment, they were all saying the same things, the same things that I've just talked about. Um, but that doesn't mean we don't love the archers. We absolutely love it. You know, even when it gets really bad you know sometimes we still love it so script writers we do love you but maybe just you know take a few things on board anyway that's me done for the week and i'm gonna go off and have a cup of tea now so i will talk to you later bye it's all right mr bear bye bye have you got some daily mirror headlines for us Lucy? i have banana bank hold up man jailed for robbing barclays bank with fruit (laughs) <laughs> I like that silly thing. sod ah, um, yeah right do you want tweets of the week yes please okay a lot of them are about Adam Adam and, and Peggy's um, uh, scene up Leaky Hill uh, mm. Esther Pickle said this is the loveliest Adam scene ever he always sounds like he's just discovered a corpse in the library of a 1930s country house rather than like a 21st <laughs> century farmer but he's good in this the real life affection the Adam actor has for June Spencer just shines through. Just shines through. Um, she's apt that spot on what the voice is. Uh, Stephiathon. Why does Alice need to develop a robot when Adam already is one? Uh, Dawn Oliver. I give fair warning that if all this gym stuff ends up being simply because he doesn't like parties, I will do my biscuit. I want spurned lovers and secret love children. I think mm-hmm. you may have them. Um, whoever <laughs> is the... Whoever is the person um, uh, that is behind the Peggy Woolley account, hats off to you. This is this was her latest tweet. In my version of Friday's episode, I spent the cash on a family ticket to Dignitas for my insufferable clan, <laughs> leaving me to indulge in peppermint creams, Baileys and Brazilian rent boys. The effing agricultural <laughs> story editor preferred sustainable farming nonsense. And tweet of the week <laughs> is from Anna Dickey, who said... I want Liberty to befriend one of the buttons and together they will make a bodice. <laughs> hey! <laughs> <laughs> well Liberty done. bodice is there. One for the teenagers. Yes. Mm-hmm. <laughs> anyway. Yes. Ah, 
time to start winding this down, folks. And um, it's uh, it's a time when I just like shamelessly plug things you can do to uh, put coffers, put money in our coffers. Sorry, and uh, I'm going to start by saying dumdum.com. Go to this car shop and. Uh, Special high goes out to a uh, fat friend who purchased not one, but two of the dip tea t-shirts are Lucy. Now, the, oh, she, had a, yeah, she had a little bit of an issue. Because it was a somewhat eventful uh, process for her, wasn't yes, it? Yes, it, it was, it was. And I'll just say this to all that um, are listening. I am not sat in my spare room with mountains Surrounded of t-shirts. <laughs> It's not the way it works, <laughs> folks. Right. I'm there with, you know, 3,000 months. And anyway, knowing to... you, you'd just be emailing people because he's saying, oh, bloody hell, I've left the T-shirts in Vancouver. <laughs> <laughs> well, I don't know why I'm leaving Vancouver because I've never been there, but I get your point. You're oh, saying right, somewhere right. in Canada, Toronto, right? Yeah. Exactly. How it works is that there are about five or six dropship suppliers that actually fulfill your orders for you so you go on to dumdydum.com you click on shop then it goes uh then it goes into the whole array of things you can buy lucy and i are not bagging this stuff up right so uh it's a it's a third party it's another company oh, i am i didn't realize i was doing it on my own i thought there was a lot <laughs> Oh, you are a wag. <laughs> anyway, <laughs> so um, so Fat Friend sent me an email some time ago saying, oh, Royfield, don't bother you. I love the podcast. She's very complimentary, but mush, wear me T-shirts. Fundamentally, that was her <laughs> point. <laughs> I had to say, uh, don't know, <laughs> basically. Anyway, got to the bottom of, bottom of things, and she's all happy and present and correct now. But it was lovely getting emails from you, Fat Friend. And hopefully the T-shirts will give you a lot of pleasure and a lot of joy. And keep listening to Dum De Dum and my other podcast. You are so lovely saying that you listen uh, to some of my other bits of my output. Uh, and however, Lucy, she said, don't take this the wrong Roy, Roy, Roy Phil, but also listen to No Such Thing as a Fish. I hope you don't mind. It's fine. You can listen to other podcasts too. All right. And I would advise advise you to do that because listening to me chunter on uh, would be somewhat monotonous. Just me anyway. So fat friend, uh, thank you for your lovely emails and thank heavens you've now got your two T-shirts and you're all happy. Uh, so don't do com. It's got a shop. There's other things you can do. You can go on there and you can listen to Cosmo's very clever, very funny podcast roundups of each show, as well as listening to the back catalogue. Now, Lucy, we've got some breaking podcast app news would you like to hear it have we yes, yes. now we're we doing another one yeah well mm, i many moons ago said to you that i'd like to do something else with you and you, i just met with stony silence so i'm not gonna make that mistake again lucy but what I, did you what, you sure i was listening i don't remember that at all. <laughs> it was in the very early days when we we're still in thrall with each other going oh you know mm. you know mm. Anyway. Well, I wasn't that enthralled, was I, if I ignored uh, your invitation oh, to do not. You called on me rather quickly, but I was, I was still hot for you. I was okay. Anyway, uh, the new Flick app, everybody, which is in the show notes of this episode, if you haven't downloaded it, now has a podcast player. So you can listen to all of the Dum De Dum back catalogue by, by downloading the Flick app. 
And I just think this is a wonderful kind of addition to the functionality of the app. In effect, Dum De Dum had its own app on the, on the iStore. So you can not only chat with all the Dum De Dumbers, but you can listen to all the back episodes and go, oh, bloody hell, in, in issue, in edition 153, uh, Royfield was, was a little bit of an arsehole. Oh, I really miss Robert. You know, when's he going to come back? You can listen to all of the back catalogue and um, it's exciting stuff. So if you haven't done so already, go onto the show notes or possibly onto uh, the Facebook page and uh, click on the link and it will download the app and lots of fun will ensue. Now, as Lucy said, uh, Robert will be coming back soon. He's going to be doing three shows in the next uh, month or so. Well, it's in July because Lucy's decided to up sticks. I've decided to go and visit Sarajevo. Can I just point out I'm not upping sticks, I'm doing jewellery service. That is very much not sticking up or upping sticks Upping sticks from the podcast. Yes. Yeah, it's the same same thing. You're you're not It's not out of choice, so I'd much rather be doing the flipping podcast but anyway mm. anyway civic duty you know you yes, have to do yes, that you know yes. I know. Uh, okay so uh so robert will be returning and we're just trying to sort out who his um podcast hosts will be uh co-host will be so you will be hearing the wonderful dulcet tones of mr robert wilson soon folks and that's Hang that. on, if we asked him if he's doing all three um yes and he said yes oh great okay I sent him an email and I went, dude. And he went, what? And I went, do you want to do this? And he went, yeah, right then. So, uh, so oh, he's going to do it. And I said, okay. I will try and sort out um, his podcast co-host. So Angela Barnes, okay. you'll be getting an email from me soon. So you you has been warned. And maybe even Susie Riggs, because I know Susie loves doing dum dum Ah. So, yeah. So anyway, so that is that. So uh, com and shops and apps and all of that good stuff. Uh, Do you want to read that bit out in red? Yep. No, I've lost it. Shit. Remember to get in contact. Remember to get in contact. You can send us a voice message every sodding week via SpeakPipe on the website or call 0203-031-3105 to leave a message. Just whilst I'm here... um, Mm. patreon.com everybody um you are so generous with with your money you're generous with your ears you give us your time to listen to lucy and i prattle on about uh the archers or at least lucy tries to steer me onto just talking about the archers and i just go off and talk about um, ottawa being a slightly odd place or just whatever thing that com- comes to mind has to be said um, that we've had a little bit of a spike in Patreons in the last week. And I can only put it down to the fact that I interviewed uh, Susie Riddell, who plays Tracy Horobin. And it was a little bit odd uh, in that I put about three minutes of it at the start of the um, of last week's episode. And a couple of people did say, hmm, have I got the right podcast here? Um, I did that, and I think I was somewhat vindicated. And I didn't even um, segue and say, and of course, that is a three-minute excerpt of my interview with C.D. Riddell. But the very fact that we had a little spike in sign-ups last week, I think people realised that, huh, this sounds pretty good. And so thank you for the new Patreon sign-up signees um, because you helped to keep our show on the road. And, of course, um, if you haven't done so already, go to patreon.com. You can sign up for $2 per episode, and it gives you the back catalogue 
of um, interviews which we've done with actors who are on the archers and also uh, interviews of people to come. And next is Michael Lumsden, who plays Alistair Lloyd. So he's going to be next on our hit list. Folks, this show started off uh, by me. Um, I was going to say flirting. We've never flirted. But but we're with us talking on Twitter, didn't it, Lucy? I no, you said I... to me, are you flirting with me on Twitter? Oh, I did. Yeah. That, that was one of your second tweets, yes. Mm. Yeah, but it didn't start mm. off like that. Didn't oh, it? Yeah. I can't well, I suppose it did. It did. If, if the second tweet is, are you flirting with me? I think we can say it fundamentally <laughs> started off with me misconstruing <laughs> the, the fact that w- why why you were interacting with me. And I just wanted to just like, just like, you know, make sure that everything was all above board. Anyway, it started off with our Lucy <laughs> and I just like randomly chatting on Twitter. And then me clicking onto her profile and seeing that she's a fan of the archers and it's funny considering that you tweet a lot about the archers at least you used to that i didn't see a tweet about you, you tweeting about the archers just the fact that you in your twitter bio you said oh, i love the archers and i'm funny as fuck basically excuse the french oh, you said say that you did you said i'm like pissy pants funny or that was something anyway that no, was uh, huffington uh, post top 100 yes yes, yeah, yes funny yes. women in britain yes and i said yes. are you really funny and then you said something like i'm pissy pants funny yeah. i've still yet to piss my pants however i will say you are pretty funny lucy you have <laughs> pissed them for other reasons though <laughs> recently haven't you <laughs> are you saying Hello? because i'm advancing in age and i'm losing bladder control is that what you're saying <laughs> Maybe. <laughs> we're supposed Would to keep that to ourselves we're supposed to keep that <laughs> to ourselves now um and the whole point of me talking about twitter is to say that we still have a presence on twitter dum de dum even though we've got the flick app and we're on facebook twitter is our spiritual home and you can find yokel bear masquerading as dum de dum at quite simply dum de dum on that platform lucy is at Lucy V. Freeman. And I can be found at Royfield. So uh, so that's that that that's the Twitters. And then of course Facebook. You can't say they've got a social media presence without being on Facebook. And again, it's Yokel Bear, it's Millie Bell, and it's Witherspoon doing their thing on Facebook. Uh, Lucy, yes. would you like to sign off to our listeners all around planet Earth? Yes. Goodbye, listeners all around planet Earth. <laughs> well, That's my impression of June Spencer reading out an ecological press release written by the B- BBC The Archer's press office. <laughs> the Earth is in crisis. We must all act now. Wherever we are, in this country or around the Commonwealth, thank you. Have a lovely Christmas. <laughs> <laughs> That was stunning. (laughs) There's the end. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And is all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus... Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. 
Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com slash pack for free shipping and 365-day returns. Hey, it's Paige DeSorbo from Giggly Squad. High-quality fashion without the price tag. Say hello to Quince. I'm snagging high-end essentials like cozy cashmere sweaters, sleek leather jackets, fine jewelry, and so much more. With Quince being 50 to 80% less than similar brands. And they partner with factories that prioritize safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. I love that. Luxury quality within reach. Go to quince.com slash style to get free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. Quince.com slash style.